This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this edition of Inside Supercars, we look at the rookies, and they tell us just how busy it is at a two-day meeting at a new track. For a rookie trying to learn a track, and learn the car and and all that type of thing it's um yeah it was pretty difficult like it was definitely i mean it was good to have back-to-back section sessions but you don't get the chance to go away and think about what you want to do with the setup uh, i don't think i'd ventured very far from from the truck or the garage you just sort of don't yeah. stop all weekend yeah i was pretty much the same especially when we were sort of we were busy trying to find our speed <laughs> The law firm of Payne, Fraser and Hill rejoin us again on Inside Supercars and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Avell. We're joined by a man who had both a brilliant and a poor weekend. Brilliant in Tasmania and uh, not so good when he got back home. Cameron, uh, welcome back to Inside Supercars. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. A brilliant weekend with many places qualifying uh, all three races in the top 10. And then twice you were uh, just outside in 11th place, which is as good as damn it as 10th place. But um, it was a wonderful weekend because both you and your driving partner, Mr. LeBrock, had two cars at uh, Matchstone Racing all the time in the top 10. It was a wonderful time for you. Yeah, we had a, an awesome an awesome weekend as a team. You know, we, we rolled out of the truck with two pretty speedy cars and then, you know, the big focus was then about um, nailing qualifying, which I think, as we all saw, was uh, not, not simple. There was a few things you had to consider with the, the cold temperatures and the tires and the phasing and then the the advantage of the slipstream um was sort of basically the difference between uh fifth or 15th which is insane really but um yeah we we managed to sort of execute really well in, in every qualifying session and, and that gave us the opportunity to have some really good races well we're lucky we're being joined now by matt Payne, Matt, great you? to have you on the show. Just to let you know, we've actually got Cam Hill on the line as well. Ah, oh, mega. Welcome back, Matt Payne, to Inside Supercars. We're already talking with Cameron Hill, who uh, they had a great weekend in Tasmania. Not so much for you at uh, Grove Racing with Penrite, but uh, 
we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Cameron, you, you were just saying about how you got the quali- car qualifying well and then having some good racing as a result. Yeah, um, exactly. The, this is obviously such a competitive championship and we touched on it last time that qualifying, you know, really sets you up for your, for your weekend and, um, you know, being able to maximise that really set us up for the, the race results. Now, you and Cameron have both come from other classes, um, whether it be go-karting or Porsche, um, Formula Ford in the case of Cam as well. Um, so close racing, close qualifying is something that you're used to, but this is uh, reaching new levels, isn't it? Yeah, the um, the qualifying in Tasmania was obviously super close. Um, you know, like me me and Dave's cars probably weren't, weren't quite in the window, um, which made it pretty difficult and especially around that joint when you when you're missing time already you know it makes it worse when when your car's not quite good enough so um yeah it certainly was uh, pretty close but um yeah you just needed to not make any mistakes in quality and uh, really maximize that that one lap you sort of all two laps you sort of have so um, far more than than most other have been to the slip streaming seemed to have is far bigger than it ever had before you know, just because you have so little downforce that when you're behind somebody, you're just being able to get closer in a hurry. Yeah, the slipstream was was pretty mega. Like, um, I think we saw, you know, Waters when he was right up behind Davidson. I think he brushed the limiter, um, which is pretty impressive considering we were running a taller diff ratio this weekend. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously super important to, to find someone to, to follow in your quality laps, which... Um, thankfully I, I had Jack, my teammate for uh, a few of them. He was kind enough to sort of tow me around, uh, which, uh, definitely helped on the Saturday get me through to, to Q3 and, um, yeah, that sort of set, um, the whole team up for, uh, their best, our best result ever, you know, two cars in the top 10. Now, Matt and Cam, you both, along with, uh, Declan, you both said after Perth, the number one thing you were going to focus on was the three-stage qualifying and that Saturday, that whole Saturday arrangement. Where do you both see that development in your weekend strategy? Um, yeah, obviously, like, it was it was very important to, to sort of get through to that, um, get through that qualifying as, as best you could. Um, cause yeah, qualifying itself was pretty important at the, um, at that track, especially. So we, uh, yeah, we probably, I probably, uh, didn't quite maximize the, uh, second lap, um, of, uh, Q2 to get into Q3, which, um, made life pretty hard, but, um, yeah, it, it obviously, like Cam was saying, that slipstream stuff, um, was, was pretty critical like you know the uh there was heaps of backing up on that back straight to uh to manage to get to one get one so um it, it got pretty eerie on some of those warm-up laps so um yeah we, we probably just didn't didn't quite get it right um for, for the for our qualifying car which yeah made it uh pretty difficult so yeah cam did you feel like you built on the lessons from perth for sure you know obviously i didn't make it through at perth and and that was just because because you know, I missed out by hundredths of a second, and and so we knew it was going to be you know seriously, seriously, uh, seriously close, and it would come down to hundredths. And um, 
you know, I used two sets in Q1, which wasn't ideal because we just weren't confident that we were going to going to get through. And then um, Q2, obviously, then you know, you use another set to get through to to Q3, and then you know, you've got no no pennies left when you get to to Q3. But obviously, getting into the top ten. Uh, is so vital to sort of set you up for a, a race result. So we just sort of, um, yeah, had a big emphasis on getting through. I, I was maybe unsure of myself in Q2, but I got a bit of a G up from my engineer, Foggy. He's like, come on, mate, you can get into the 10. And I went, oh, alrighty. So I just pulled the straps down a bit more and, um, yeah, snuck through, which was really cool. Matt, having been buoyed by Perth, how do you feel after Tassie? Um, yeah, obviously, like it, it was a pretty difficult, difficult weekend for for us as a, as a whole team. Really, you know, um, Dave struggled as well um, with the car, and so yeah, it, it made it hard in the races. You know, just trying to do your best and secure as many points as you could. Um, but I certainly think it, it wasn't all it wasn't all negative for us. You know, I certainly learned a little bit more racing everyone and, um, yeah, probably having to just work on the car set up a little bit more than we have previously, which also is, is a learning curve for myself. So, um, yeah, it certainly was a, was a pretty trying weekend for us. I won't uh, sugarcoat it, but, um, yeah, it won't, won't stop us from trying to learn everything from uh, that weekend and, and trying to improve. So. And, Cam, the result from the weekend being up the front, knowing that you can mix it with those guys what do you get from that oh, it's a it's a massive confidence boost um you know going forward um i'm sure matt's already had a taste for it earlier in the year but it's you know when you get to sort of qualify at the front and race at the front you sort of maybe it's just a subconscious thing but your brain kind of goes cool you know i i definitely belong belong here and um you know after having the, done it on saturday i you know, you sort of then roll into Sunday and you go, well, there's no reason we can't do it again. And, um, you know, obviously it might not always be possible to, you know, be top five every every race event, but to know that it's, um, you know, we have it within ourselves and as a team, it's, um, you know, I think we can try to aim for it more and more consistently. Matt, um, there have been various... uh moments where we've heard that there have been new uh, mapping being tried on the Mustang. Um, were you aware of it that when it was in your car or if, if it was put into your car? Um, to be fair with you, I, I didn't really hear hear anything about um, the different mapping. I think probably the, um, the issue that the Ford, Fords have at the moment is probably not, um, not too much to do with straight line really as you know, I think it was pretty clear on the weekend that um, you know, whenever, whenever the uh, the Chevy was behind the Ford or the Ford behind was behind the Chevy, I think it was uh, it was pretty pretty consistently matched. Um, you know, on the straight. So I think there's definitely something the uh, the Fords are lacking elsewhere. Um, whether or not it's it's affecting our results is is something that I probably don't know. I think we um, we as a team, you know, Pennut Racing need to. We we'll just keep focusing on trying to be the best Ford team, and um, yeah, if they want to make any changes to the car, then that's that's up to Ford and, and Supercars. But um, you know, we're just focusing on ourselves at the moment, and I think that's the uh, the right way to go about it. So, that's a very good answer, Matt. Very diplomatic. 
<laughs> well, I'm good to know you guys like each other. That's that's a great start. <laughs> um, uh, I think we have a few things in common. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, speaking uh, on that, yeah, it looks like the the straight line speeds all pretty good. The four teams. Why didn't you just? Why didn't you use your Perth setup, um, Matt? You you guys were fast there. Oh, mate, trust me, we 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 tried that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's certainly uh, interesting to see that on the swings and roundabouts of uh, supercar racing, that while one has a great weekend, the other one doesn't, and vice versa. So uh, you take it in turn. Um, it'll be Declan's turn probably coming up soon. Maybe he'd like it in Darwin. Yeah. It'd be good if, uh, yeah, all three of us were battling yeah. for, for first. That'd, yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. How often do you guys, the three rookies, actually get together and, and have a chance to talk about what you're experiencing? Um, oh, it's probably more or less on the rookie test days when when it's just us three at the track. You know, that's probably probably the time where we get to talk and just sort of see how each other's getting on. It's obviously a pretty big learning curve, I think, for all of us. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the only time we get to really – yeah, have a proper chat about what we're doing. So, yeah, it was good when we were at Tail and Bend yeah. talking about yeah how we found Newcastle, how much our bodies hurt after doing 250k's, and um, you know it was I was just good to uh, glad to know that I wasn't the only one that was hurting. To be honest, on the race weekends, like at Tassie, uh, I don't think I'd ventured very far from from the truck or the garage. You just sort of don't yeah. stop all weekend. Yeah, I was pretty much the same, especially when we were sort of we were busy trying to find our speed. <laughs> and it was a two-day race meeting for you too. It's the first time either of you have had the, that condensed a weekend. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I guess another first. They, they like to mix it up on us. Um, we haven't had one weekend the same yet, I don't think. But, um, yeah, it just means you if you don't roll out really strong, um, you don't have a lot of time to, uh, I guess, make big changes or sit there and comb through data and, and, and get on top of it. So, um, you know, even with us, you know, we, we thought our cars are pretty strong, but you're just trying to, you're just trying to refine it. You don't, you don't want to, I guess, throw something at the car and then go, whoa, we just wasted, you know, a chunk of practice and now it's going to take us ages to, to find ourselves again. As we've done I mean, several times this year, we've talked, both Matt and Cam, the one thing you learnt this weekend when driving in Tassie. Matt? Um, yeah, it's probably just how crucial qualifying is to um, to sort of not make any mistakes and um, try and be as further up the grid as you can. Like, like obviously, Cam was, was very strong in quality and, and racing at the front is probably a little bit easier than racing at, you know, 18th. Um, so, yeah, it's just about you know, working on your qualifying car as it is for your race car, so um, your race car setup. So, yeah, just, just try not to make many mistakes and um, and maximise that lap time because everyone, pretty much everyone in the field is uh, is getting 100% out of their cars all the time. So, um, yeah, there's no, there's no room for error. So, yeah, I pretty much just got reminded about that um, about that last weekend. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because, I mean, qualifying was the, the thing I said I had to work on uh, after Perth and, um, you know, it is obviously the key to the, to the weekend. And then once you qualify good 
obviously then you have to race. And so I, I felt like I was running along really strongly in most of the races, but then whatever reason, I would always just suffer from tire dig in the last 10 laps. And so, you know, once you sort of unlock your, the car speed in qualifying, um, I guess it's then about making sure you can run the fastest possible time for, for, the, for the longest. And um, I definitely was hurting with uh, tire dig a bit compared to the guys around me. And, and maybe that's just, um, you know, me needing to to learn about how to bring the tire in and and uh, look after it uh, without driving too slowly. Thank you for joining us again on Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. It's a pleasure to have both Cameron Hill from Truck Assist Racing, Matt Stone, and of course Matt Payne from Penrite Grove Racing. Wonderful. Enjoy your time in the sunshine, Matt. I hope you don't melt too much, but enjoy it all. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And we're joined by the third of our 2023 rookies, that being Declan Fraser, who drives for the wonderful Tickford Racing. Declan, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's, uh, yeah, good to be back after another another round of racing. It was a fairly tough run for you for a couple of different reasons. It seemed as though it took a while for Tickford to actually click the uh, qualifying setup, getting it quite right. Yeah, I guess, yeah. As you mentioned, we had a pretty rough weekend, to say the least. Uh, we missed the qualifying car probably in all of our qualifyings, and then the races, I think everything that could go wrong possibly went wrong. We had a penalty, we had power steering failures, bent tyre arms, and then got spun in the last race. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty hectic weekend, really. Tell us, I mean, obviously you, you've got a load of character already, as you well know, people talk about character building. Are you finding that uh, your learning curve is slightly flattening with the new car? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's flattening. I think uh, we're always always learning something new about the, like, about the cars and the way they interact each weekend. So I think this weekend we tried a couple of different things and they didn't work out, which is sort of why we weren't as competitive as we have been in the previous rounds. And um, I think it's yeah, it's a little bit interesting to have one one Ford in the top ten, but I guess all the Camaro guys are still saying that there's there's parity. Which uh, yeah, I mean if they look at the look at the leaderboard, it's uh, yeah, I guess it's the telltale itself. Yeah, and with only one race win on the Mustang side and very few podiums, it's hard not to say, well, gee, that doesn't seem quite equal. The car itself, are you enjoying driving it still? I mean, is it something that you look forward to each session? I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do since a very young age. Like, yeah, I, I don't think regardless of what car you're driving, I think it's always going to be a thrill to, to go racing and have that as your job. And the new Gen 3s are just a new challenge. And I love a challenge. Like, I'm not going to shy away from it. And at the moment, we've got a very big learning curve ahead of us. And we've been struggling a fair bit, but it only makes you hungrier when you're when you're buried down the back, because I know that that's not where I, I am in my career, is being buried down there. So um, we've got a lot of development to do, and we're making steps, and we've got two test days coming up for the next week, which um, hopefully we can try and turn some things around and come out come out good in Darwin, which is another track I've never been to, so I'm just excited to go and learn that track as well. And the two-day test, is that a back-to-back at Winton? Yeah, it is, yeah. So we've got a rookie test day and then we've got a uh, another supercars test day of the day after, which most teams will be at. So it's going to be really interesting to – we've got a few things that we've sort of learnt after the first couple of rounds that we haven't had a chance to actually go testing to try them out and see – take big swings at setup. So 
I think the test day itself will be really, really beneficial for the whole team to have, I guess, two days of, of learning and we're not there to obviously try and come up with a setup for Darwin. We're there to learn and take big swings at things and um, figure out how these cars react because we're really, really intrigued in the way that different things are reacting different to how they did in the car of the future cars. And you haven't even been to Darwin before, let alone race there. Um, I have. So I went away with Triple Eight last year, um, like I did. So I went to every single round last year with Triple Eight, just as a bit of a fly on the wall. And I'd done a couple of laps in the course car um, to do some passenger laps at, I think, 7 o'clock in the morning or something like that. So I haven't actually raced there. I've driven around the track, which is more of a sightseeing thing rather than a, a aggressive lap. But um, I guess it's good to know that I, I semi-know which way it goes. I'm actually talking to you guys right now while sitting on the simulator of um, being cutting some laps already at Darwin trying to get ready. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll make it a goodie then, right. Um, It's an interesting track because, again, it's one of those places where uh, uh, slipstreaming will will have a count because you've got that super long straight um, and then you've got a very tight back section. Um, It must be something that uh, drivers look forward to is particularly after you've done that long straight to then get a series of in a row really challenging corners yeah i love tracks that sort of reflect more on the driver rather than straight line performance so i'm actually pretty excited to go to darwin because it's yeah on paper it looks absolutely mega and doing doing laps on the sim at the moment it's actually yeah it's a really challenging track and there's so many little things to get right and i've already yesterday i sat down and sort of pushed Tazzy out of my mind and started focusing on Darwin already and watched all of the replays from the races last year and the qualifyings and now doing laps on the sim, trying to get my, my brain sort of, I guess, in Darwin mode more than anything. So, yeah, it's I'm pretty excited. It looks like a really cool track to, to race at. Well, just before you jettison all of Tazzy's uh, for a way, Two-day race meeting. What was your takeaway and what did you learn about managing that really compacted Saturday? Yeah, it was really difficult. Um, I'm not sure what Cam and Matt sort of said, but for a rookie trying to learn a track and learn the car and and all that type of thing, it's, um, yeah, it was pretty difficult. Like, it was definitely... I mean, it was good to have back-to-back sessions, but you don't get the chance to go away and think about what you want to do with the setup and how you want to change your car for different race modes or qualifying modes. So um, it was pretty cool. First ever double day and it was just flat out, just, yeah, nonstop. But it was, I feel, would have been good to just have that that night just to process things after practice and figure out some more qualifying. And maybe that might have helped our qualifying performance. But, um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it will bug it at the end of the weekend because it's just, you sort of got nothing and then all of a sudden you just nonstop. So it was, a, yeah, it was a very big weekend. After Perth, you said the the one thing you were taking away from it was learning about the three-stage qualifying. What did you think about this time out and were you able to put in place some of those learnings? Uh, I didn't really get to put in place anything because I got knocked out the first one. So, um, no, it was it was good. Like, we're, we're still learning and the, the three-part, like, I've just got to, yeah, really nail it in that first one, which we didn't maximise this weekend, so... Uh, keen to have another go at it and see if we can. I, I really want to make it to that third and final stage and get in the side of that top ten in one of those qualifyings because it's. Uh, it seems to be all about track position. We've had a really, really good race car. I think in that last race at Tassie, I um got turned around and ended up actually clawing back 
nearly 14 seconds to the whole pack and then passed a few cars to finish three spots in front of where I started. So um, as a race car, we have a really, really good race car. Um, still not as good as we'd like, but it's it's getting there. And then, um, yeah, we just need to focus on quality because if we can get the track position, I think we'll um, be pretty strong. How do you go about getting the noise away from you or out, uh, out when we have the media asking you questions about, oh, you're in the Ford, what's the Ford like? Yeah, are you being, you know, is there a problem? Is there a lack of parity? How do you just take that noise away so that you can concentrate on your job? Do you have a method? I mean, I guess our job is to try and develop the car as well. So, I mean, it's not really about, sort of zoning out the noise in in a sense it's we've sort of got to if we want it to change we've got to sort of promote it and try and figure out ways to make it change but at the same time when I get to a racetrack I've it it doesn't really affect me too much I sort of just go out there and I I know the car that I've got under me the team I got behind me and we're doing a brilliant job is with what we've got and I just go out there and just go racing because that's what I love to do and that's what I've always wanted to do for my whole career and now to be a driver in the category and doing what I love for a job it's um yeah I just think about that stuff rather than think about all the other I guess crap that's going on in the background what did you learn at Tassie about that circuit that when you get there next time is going to make it easier for you to to get on the pace and get in tune with what you need I think it was more about the flow of the whole place because it's so broken up with the big long straights you sort of got a bit of a chance to think about things and then you don't really get the flow. So making sure that you just sort of stay consistently with the flow through one, two, especially and getting that run down the back straight is massive. And um, the braking performance, which is, I guess, sort of what we missed out on on the weekend was a really big factor in trying to make sure that we could maximize a quality lap. So um, yeah, looking forward to next year. We've no directions on what not to go and directions that we do want to go. Um, and I think, yeah, we'll come out swinging. We'll be fine. There were a number of instances at the weekend which we saw cars damaged. Of course, probably the most infamous one was the uh, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen on the Sunday morning when in qualifying uh, 11, he uh, put it in the wall after contact with Dave Reynolds. But there was another one that rather disturbed me because I was staggered to see the damage that Brody Kostecki sustained when he hit the wall coming out of turn four. I know you wouldn't have seen that because you're out there driving in it, but it seems extraordinary the damage that these cars incur when what appeared to be a relatively light touch. Yeah, I think uh, there's still a lot of development going on with the cars and in, I guess, crash damage land, but I guess we've seen from JC's crash that he had at Newcastle how drastic the the damage actually is after probably what wouldn't have been a massive impact in the old cars so i know supercars are coming up with some upgrades in the front end to try and limit this but we're still struggling a fair bit i had um i didn't actually get to see Brody's crash and didn't really know anything about the damage i obviously seen him limping around but that was about all, all i knew of it sort of when you're out there you focus on yourself but um we had a bit of a contact which i didn't think was too big of a contact to tell you the truth and it blue power steering and bent a tire arm so there's still some development i think left in the chassis from a crash damage perspective and i know supercars are working behind the scenes to try and get that sorted so hopefully uh yeah we can get that sorted and start rubbing some panels against each other again without without having to retire to the pits now i'd be right in thinking you have had the debrief from that race weekend yet uh we have debrief tomorrow actually yeah 
And as such, will you then be having a pre-brief for your written test day as such? Yeah, I guess it sort of all comes into one. We're going to take our learnings that we learnt in Tassie and sort of put them back into what we're going to do the win test day and just come up with different strategies and taking big swings of different setups and trying to figure out, like I said, we haven't had much test days in between the start of the season to now. So just trying to take everything we've learned from the past couple of rounds and just trying to make big swings and try and learn the cars a bit more. Well, thank you very much for joining us again on Inside Supercars, Declan Fraser. We hope to learn something of your test days and uh, something more of the way in which the cars are being developed by Stickford Racing. All the very best and look forward to hearing your tales from uh, Darwin as well. All good. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Declan Fraser. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.